0: The guy, it turns out like the tickets weren't real, but she gets to talking to this guy and he is like somehow it came up that he's a fantasy author and she brought she asked him like who are some of your biggest influences and he said Robin Hobb and she was like no shit, my friends are doing a <laughs> podcast about the Robin Hobb books. The guy's name was is Peter Brett and apparently he's written oh i have one of his books yeah and he's like well i'm really good he told her he's like well i'm actually good friends of robin hobb and her daughter so i'll tell them i don't
1: think i've read his book but i have
0: it yeah so no
1: thank you (laughs) if you're listening to this robin hobb sorry or peter if you're listening and you
0: haven't told her about it yet just you know I know Let's we're be honest, she
2: did not ends, make it I to episode not. 15 or whatever. <laughs> we're on. Well, Anytime anyone's in Washington State and they listen, I'm like, no. How do I block the whole thing? <laughs>
0: I'm proud of our work. And if she wants to listen, let her.
2: Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> Suddenly, I just want to turn everything off. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Buckkeep Radio. We're coming to you from Inside the Walls. This is episode 15, Assassin's Quest, chapters 26 through 30. And I'm Rachel, a rereader.
3: I'm Eli, a rereader.
2: I'm
1: Jenny, and I'm a
3: rereader.
2: And I'm Ashley,
0: and I am a new reader, and I'm holding it down for the New Reader Club today because Joey is not
3: with us.
2: Yeah, he's sick. Give him a break.
3: And if you heard Ash, Ash is a new reader.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's been translated into cat. <laughs> yeah. meow, 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 meow meow. Do they My still do the beast. voices if it's translated in cat?
0: <laughs> meow, 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 meow. <laughs> meow 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 meow. Meow meow meow
1: meow.
0: That was Buretch in case
2: you couldn't tell.
1: Oh. Okay.
2: Yeah, no, I got it. I got it uh all right time for corrections omissions and announcements uh first up username bluebell has asked us why we hate fitz so much via
3: podbean i don't don't. we
2: don't hate fitz at all
0: it's just he's easy to pick on because he's kind of a blundering idiot sometimes but that doesn't mean we dislike
1: him fitz is highly relatable even though he's a moron yeah
3: yeah that's why he's highly relatable I think that Fitz is a lot like me, so I'm not going to say anything (laughs) super bad about Fitz.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, Fitz allows the rest of us to have our own mistakes because he's also making them. Yeah. Yeah a lot of
0: right and also like i've never had to go out and kill people i've never had to like do the shit that he's done i probably wouldn't be great at it either so
1: i haven't been tortured in a dungeon and died and come back to life so you know (laughs) he's cutting some slack
2: Uh, moving on, we got some listener mail. Kate sent us a note uh, re the Instagram discussion from our last episode, saying that we were spot on for Night Eyes's username of No Kings. Uh, I think that goes to Eli uh, and. That Fitz's Instagram would definitely be full of moody selfies. And she suggests the vixen queen for Ketrakin and says that it would be like Emma Watson's. <laughs> Which I love. I think Instagram. that's perfect. I like it.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Lots of Thank calls you for to so much actually
1: sending in something for my stupid suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> People listen to us. It's very exciting.
2: <laughs> uh, and finally Jackie from Australia sent us some nice words and asked us to shout out her friend Aiden as a thanks for introducing Jackie to Robin Hobb earlier this year so thank you Aiden and I hope that you are both enjoying the pod thanks Aiden Thank you. her very own British Paul I know <laughs> everyone find British Paul though it's nice Someday. when we get listener mail but every single time it's not British Paul sending us the listener mail I die a little
1: Sunday. when robin hobb recommends our podcast then <laughs> I would be like, why am i mentioned
2: 95 times this <laughs> i wonder because you know they spotify now has like aggregate like topics so like if you actually type in robin hobb or realm of the Eld- elderlings we pop up instead of just because it used to be that you had to type in our full title so I wonder what would happen if you type in British Paul. Like, have you said it enough?
1: <laughs> <laughs> British Paul. We'll British, so, but but also, why
2: would he be out there calling himself that? <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't blend in with the non-British like, Pauls. Yeah.
3: To, be, to be clear, because I barely remember, and I'm sure the listeners barely remember, British Paul's the guy who introduced you and uh, Rachel and Jenny to these books? Yes. at a Game of Thrones?
2: Movie? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was at uh, yeah. a Game of Thrones meetup the where we all met, our, our Game of Thrones group, and he was like, well, if you like bastards and wolves, you
3: should read this book and let it destroy you. <laughs> good, good, good.
2: And so we did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And we call him British Paul because... His I'm name was sure Paul and he was British. British. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're very
1: original with that, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else you guys want to cover before we start? What is sure to be a bit of a long discussion?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to <laughs> roll.
2: Yeah, let's do let's it. Do All this. right, let's do it. Ashley, you're up first. All right,
0: I'm opening it up with Chapter 26, Signposts. Uh, the intro is kind of a reminiscing about travel and the norm and normalcy being relative. Um, fish and buck heap was plentiful but would have been a rare delicacy somewhere else. And so in that same vein, he's saying that magic could be thought of as basic utility in a society in which it is ubiquitous. Um, This chapter starts off. We're just marching down that road, following that road. And the crew is walking along though. Fitz has been cast off to walk off road to spare his sanity. Starling is full of questions about the fool, which annoys Fitz. And so he asks her what the deal is. And so she spins around and she says, well, I'm interested because the fool is a woman and she is in love with Fitz. And I was like, what just happened? <laughs> this is a pretty big stretch. And Fitz agreed. And, Fitz and that, that she's dear being... listeners,
2: is when we all got a screenshot <laughs> in our texts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I highlighted it and was like, what is happening? Um, so Fitz and I are on the same page, thinks he's, she's being totally ridiculous They're still going down the road and the terrain forces them to return and they actually have to walk back on the road. And almost immediately Fitz feels the strong impact of the skill. Um, The team struggles to keep Fitz engaged and his lucidity is wandering and in reciting the six wise men of Jompe town with Kettle, it dawns on Fitz that the men in this story are actually skilled ones, coteries, and they were traveling on this particular road Um, Kettle informs him that if people were strong enough in this skill, they could survive the trip on the road. But people who are weak in this skill are falling to what is happening to Fitz having a really fucking hard time. (laughs) Um, So she also just alludes to knowing a lot more. She has all these stories of lore and prophecies and everything. And we're just learning that she really has a lot more to say than she's really letting on. Um, so Fitz and Kettle are trudging along to, they're trying to catch up to the team cause they've kind of fallen behind. And they, as they kind of make camp for the night, Fitz starts seeing crowds of people on the road and he sees merchants and donkeys laden with, I don't know, goods, um, laughing girls <laughs> with yarn. And then he sees a flower monger and it catches his nose and he tries to chase after him because he thinks that this flower smells so amazing. And he absolutely has to get one for Molly and he's kind of just like in this own dreamscape of people who aren't actually there. And Kettle is screaming for help and Fitz is running away, trying to find this flower monger. And eventually night ice comes up and kind of saves the day as he usually does. And, um, stops Fitz by pinning him down. And then the whole team is freaking out and they're trying to wrangle him and keep him from running away. And he's getting more and more delusional. And it just turns into this whole thing where like, He can't hear night eyes anymore, and he just hears like a dog whimpering at him, which is really bizarre for him. He couldn't sense any of the friends being around him. It felt like they were forged ones, and they just weren't there at all. And so it really just seems like Fitz is on a really bad trip, and he just did some really shitty drugs, and everything is kind of all (laughs) over the place and people are talking to him. And he's like, what are words? Words are gibberish. <laughs> it's like, why won't they stop slapping their lips? All the words. And he's just, it's like psychobabble to him. And he's so annoyed that they keep trying to talk to him. But then he's so fascinated by it as well. And eventually they get him back to the tent. And the way that they snap him out of this crazy kind of psychosis is Kettle gives him the rock game that she's been training him on. And, um, he solves one of the puzzles and that kind of snaps him out of it. And what we see, what, (laughs) what we see is Kettle is like pretty pissed at the fact that the catalyst as he's being called now is like this young kid who has barely any training in this skill because he's supposed to be much stronger than this so that he can make it down the road, but he's going through all this craziness. Um, And then it's just like all of a sudden Kat Ricken is just like totally herself where it's like all of these crazy, all this crazy shit is going on. And she's like, yeah, but can we like back to the map? I need you to just like get back to this map and my plan. They decide that they are going to check out some other roads and they talk about splitting up, blah, blah, blah. Um, We also see Verity's skills to Fitz with his usual like stop doing that message because he fears the enemies are close by trying to get them and gets really, really sad about Verity. And just as she's having this kind of like tender real moment with Fitz, we see him see a shiny stone and he's like, Ooh, that shiny stone and <laughs> runs away. And the chapter ends with him touching it. This chapter's a lot. This chapter is a lot. <laughs> it was, it's like all over the place. It covers a lot of territory.
1: So this fool is a woman thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Back to the most important part. (laughs) (laughs) I I do not think that the fool is a woman.
1: The thing to me is, like, I guess, I mean, later it's sort of mentioned, but, like, that because, and I obviously have a lot of sympathy for Starling as we, you know, find out later in this section, but the fact that she has to assume that the fool is a woman and in love with Fitz because... He's not into her, it's just weird. Uh, it's,
0: it's that typical insecure girl stuff that I've hated my whole life.
1: The other thing that bugs me is that the fool has to be a woman to be in love with Fitz. Right? Like, do gay people not exist in this world? Because I don't
2: understand Robin I mean,
1: yeah. we're three books in and there haven't been any gay people,
0: so. I know! I'm <laughs> so gay. Yeah, yeah, well.
2: Yeah, I think it's more, I think it's less about the fact that. Well, I guess maybe it's equal, but yeah, it's those two things that the fool is not responding to anything that Starling is doing. And also that it's sort of obvious to Starling that the fool feels something for Fitz or is engaged with him in a way that is deeper than like companions on the road or, you know. But they, she should...
0: know that they absolutely do have something that's deeper because he's a fucking prophet. Sh- yeah, she should.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and he's like,
0: his it's like did you purpose. miss the whole
2: conversation where were they, they were the prophet and the catalyst? Like, yeah. they are a pair. <laughs> they are linked. How is she gonna
0: write the best song ever if she can't even grasp that concept?
3: I assume I The Fool know. is also very, very pretty.
0: Yeah, if you consider Chiclet Teeth pretty, then sure. <laughs>
3: I don't know if they're chocolate teeth anymore.
1: You think? I think you think someone he besides Fitz was describing him. Maybe the description yeah. would be better. Fair. I, I, I see
0: where you're going with that. Okay.
1: Because <laughs> Fitz is just like he's so pale and like his hair is wispy and it just floats away from his head and blah 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 blah. You know, other people might see those as different qualities. It's
2: just like a, a, a human-shaped dandelion person. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, you know, we have Kettle, who's kind of turning out to be a bit of a Yoda, I think. Uh, well, and we you see know, her. She was...
0: Really trying to hide it a whole lot before, and now she's getting so frustrated that she's kind of <laughs> throwing the beans on herself. <laughs> like, she's just like, Oh my god. She's like, like Clearly, anymore. I so gotta hold this shit together, <laughs> and I'm the one who knows the most, so I'm just gonna have to <laughs> the jig is up. Like, this is what it is.
2: She's getting there. Yeah they need help Fitz needs help (laughs) he doesn't know what he's doing and he needs someone that can help him control himself and she's the only one that can
0: and it's not his fault that he doesn't know what he's doing because he's had zero guidance in any of this all he has is his voice in his head saying come to me come to me and he's like I'm I'm trying
2: (laughs) yeah nobody prepared me for this
0: fucking tragic yellow brick road situation
2: and also like this this kind of idea that that because he's the catalyst he should be more impressive than he is 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 kind of cute because that's like that hero syndrome you know right you hear about someone in history or you get someone built up it's like you know how actors are always shorter in real life or something you know it's <laughs> just like no one is no one is as impressive in real life as your idea of them
3: never meet your hero poss- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean who said it, right? the
1: catalyst even had to be skilled like maybe they lucked out with Fitz
2: <laughs> yeah and didn't the fool say that in like one of our previous sections I don't he was really. like he was like I don't need you to you know he's like I need to use you you're my tool but I don't need you to be anything else but that
3: it, something about it wasn't competence wasn't assured only tenacity mm-hmm. or something right. like that
2: good god you have a good he insight. does keep
0: trying
3: I think that scene where he just sort of like falls into the skill and sort of comes apart is really, really cool.
0: I love the way it was written. It was, you very much felt like you were with him.
3: I thought the first time I was reading it and like even like this time I was reading it, I thought that I had, um, I thought I I had been reading without paying attention and I like (laughs) had missed a whole page or something Mm -hmm. because that was when all the people were surrounding him i was like wait what the fuck where where did these people come from and i like you know go back a paragraph or two and it's like wait oh 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 (laughs) like it took (laughs) it takes it takes a little bit to realize that that he's like in this bizarre state um and then when he can't understand the language, it's just hilarious. It's I know. It's like he's he's like why he's are they talking? The
0: <laughs> and then he's like, and then her lips, and all I could do was look at her lips and the way they were moving. And I'm like, oh man, dude, you got a bad high.
1: <laughs> this is when I would really love a second point of view, just so we could have someone describe Fitz when he's in this
2: state. I imagine he's just standing. there. I think that. <laughs>
3: I think that if this was from anyone else's point of view, like, half the book would just be like, okay, Fitz is just staring out into the...
1: This whole
0: section, <laughs> they're all just like, out nowhere.
3: He's not doing anything.
1: It's just Kettle being like, stop it! Yeah. Stop it! Pinching stop and it. poking and prodding. and
2: <laughs> Fitz is just drooling out himself in the corner. The one, Especially thing...
1: when he's not actually caught up in the skill and he's just, like, talking with night eyes. Yeah. And she's just like, stop it! And he's like, no, it's no, it's really, thing. it's fine. Yeah.
0: I did think it was really sad in this section, though, when Night Eyes was like, yeah, man, like, you couldn't hear me, I couldn't hear you, it really freaked me out. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like, the skill is not something that Night Eyes can learn. Uh -uh. Like, he can learn (laughs) human speech and, like, complicated thought processes, but we're not going to get a wolf using the skill, I don't, like, (laughs) that's not happening.
1: I mean, the closest he comes is attacking through a skill bridge, which is
0: pretty cool. Right, right.
2: But I think in terms of, like, understanding the skill, I don't think Night Eyes is going to be any help. Like, I think Kettle's definitely got to hold that down.
1: Yeah. She could teach him so much.
2: But she would just open her mouth. I know. Flap (laughs) her gums (laughs) back and forth.
1: (laughs) Fitz would be fascinated by it.
2: He probably wasn't. He wasn't in the skill at all. That's just how he acts anytime (laughs) anyone tries to explain anything to him.
1: (laughs) That's true. Unless it's Verity.
2: That's because Verity's already in his brain.
1: Well, I mean, like, before, too. Then again, he was also in his brain then. He's been with Verity for a very, very, very long time. I know. Poor Verity. (laughs) Barry's yeah,
2: like only only connection to this to the world real <laughs> world is through Fitz, and it's just not
1: great. Barry's <laughs> just trying to like do his thing and you know whatever, and he's just like, oh god, he's being dumb again. What do I do now? I gotta it's
2: like let me check in on Fitz. Oh shit, <laughs> I gotta <laughs> use Dude. my energy again. I gotta deal with his problems. It's like being the healer for like a group of people who suck, and you just keep <laughs> draining yourself to yeah. Alright, uh, so there's a little note in here, Eli. Yeah, are we so covering this, I, w- okay. <laughs> I wanted to
3: point out the the scene that Fitz has with Ketterken, and then later on uh, another scene we can get to uh, when Fitz <laughs> is talking with uh, Starling, and I don't. It's like the tenderness and uh, I don't. I want to say smoothness he has with ladies who are in trouble. Is just a little bit, it's a little over the top. You know, I mean, it's, it's very good. I mean, it's like a, like a knight saving a damsel in distress in a fantasy book. Like, you know, not this fantasy book, but some other, fantasy <laughs> <book>. but it's, <laughs> it's to the point where it's like, I would never, ever say these things to anybody who is having a hard time like he's just a little too smooth
0: i mean do we think he gets that from his dad like was I, mean, I don't know
3: i don't know i think we've we've pointed out before that he doesn't have a lot of game
0: uh-huh
3: and i think that it's i think he naturally has some game there but he's just he doesn't he doesn't see it that he's he doesn't see that he's maybe possibly
0: <laughs> he's not terribly
1: self-aware.
3: Yeah, he's not terribly self-aware at all.
1: Well, I think the thing is, he might have it naturally, but when he tries hard, it's just embarrassing. No, it's bad. He's yeah. into, it's really bad. They swing into girls' windows in the middle of the night, <laughs> and it's just yeah. like horrific. Well, let's face it, like, <laughs> when he yeah, doesn't try. Even in real life,
0: like <laughs> we're never we're never our smoothest and most like flirty like perfection when we're trying. It's always when you're just like being natural and off the cuff, so and I feel like he just kind of falls into that with Ketricken because he feels comfortable around her and he feels close to Verity and to her, and let's face it, he's privy to some of their personal times that he should not really be, so
3: (laughs) And the whole scene starts off with him like he's like changing and he's like, Oh, we are we're comfortable with this now. (laughs) I'm just changing in front of the Queen. And then they're having the conversation. It's just, it's just so much. Like if it were in a, if it were acted out in a movie, you would just be like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, shall we move on to chapter twenty-seven? Sure, let's. Sure. Who's um, on chapter
3: 27?
2: 20- Me.
1: Uh, chapter twenty-seven is called the city. Uh, The intro talks about an old trade trail through the mountain kingdom that doesn't serve any present-day towns, and adventurous mountain youth will sometimes go and follow the road to its source and come back with tales of ruined cities and steaming valleys of sulfurous ponds. Uh, So Fitz comes into awareness in a ruined city and has no idea how he got there or how long it's been since he left his companions. Uh, He can't feel night eyes, which kind of freaks him out, and He's also standing in the shadow of a living black stone. Hmm. Uh, He quickly learns that when he touches the walls of the buildings, the same black stone as a signpost, the city comes to life around him, complete with ghostly figures going about their lives as if he did not exist. Uh, He explores a bit and takes in the sights and notes that people uh, dress and speak differently than he's ever seen or heard before. And eventually he gets to a river and swears it's the same river that Verity had plunged his arms into. Fitz lays a hand on the surface of the river and doesn't get coated in the skill, but he doesn't dare to plunge his hands down any deeper to see if they would. Cause he's not Verity. Um, he spends the night in one of the ruins and of course skill dreams, cause he can never seem to help himself. Oh. Uh, he dreams of Kedrick and Kettle, Starling and the Fool and Nighthead all out looking for him. He of course dreams of Molly and Nettle and then he dreams Shay discussing regal strategies in the mountains with a naked woman and lingers way too long before he decides he's intruding and that whole scene was really bizarre
0: and also like Shade just is so living his best life right
1: now I like, know. it's crazy <laughs> uh, not swinging into rooms but he's watching anyway um she was breathtaking <laughs> So he wakes in the morning and he makes his way through the city again to a building with a tall spire because he wants to get a better look. He climbs up the tower and passes by a bunch of tall, robed people with scrolls. Uh, their eyes are too bright, he says, and their bodies are elongated. And so that's that's interesting to him. Um, at the top of the tower, he finds a round, partially collapsed table with a bunch of bureaucrats arguing around it. And one of the windows is also broken and there are remnants of a fire... And so he goes onto the narrow balcony outside the, the room and he can see to the southeast and there's a whole section of the city that's just gone. It's just like a sudden rift in the earth and he wonders if that's perhaps what happened to the city to make it so deserted. Um, eventually Fitz discovers that Faraday must have come this way and used a burn stick to make a map of the city and help him in his search. So Fitz does the same thing after he goes running around the tower to find supplies. After he leaves the tower, he goes to get a drink from the river, and while he's there, a dragon appears and dives down into the water. A gathering crowd welcomes the dragon and Fitz thinks perhaps this is an elderling, and he follows them all through the city to a great stone basin that is soon filled with liquid magic, uh, which looks like the same stuff that Verity coated his arms in. And the dragon drinks... The liquid magic. He follows again until the dragon and all who followed it disappear into the rift, and then he heads back to the Blackstone Column, reaches out to trace the glyphs, but instead falls through it and ends up back on the mountain path with Night-Eyes greeting him joyously. That's a lot. There's a lot.
2: And I think this is the chapter where I was like, oh, right, this is when everything starts to get weird. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, it starts the whole, (laughs)
0: like... dragons i wasn't like i'll tell you when i'm reading this series i was prepared for dragons <laughs> I was not prepared for dragons <laughs> it just wasn't oh I, I didn't see it coming
1: there is a dragon on my front cover
0: <laughs> i see i have the kindle version and i think if i look really hard it's there but i'm just like not looking at the cover art very often
3: <laughs> the whole the whole chapter feels like a dream like reading it feels like it's super super descriptive but not any of it is necessarily well some of it is pertinent to the plot but a lot of it is just descriptions (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and it's so fantastical that it's like it just feels it feels very dreamlike the whole time i
1: see it's describing like all of the you know the Alive Town stuff, and then he's like, oh, and then this room was in shambles, and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, so it's like,
3: it's partially a dream to fits, but it's like, it did. So it, it reads that way the whole time for you.
2: It's also very confusing, because this is a town that is like, I guess Pompeii level, like, in time period away from now, right? But we still know a lot about that. And yet people don't know that dragons are real. Like, I just, (laughs) I feel like if, if, if he's in a town where ostensibly he can go up and down staircases and there are the remains of tables and, and you know what, you know what I mean? It's not like it's dust. It's not like it's, it's a hummock of, of earth where you're like, this used to be the town square and you're like, I don't, I can't see it. Like this is (laughs) much closer, I think in time than I, or at least it seems to be, than I would expect for the complete lack of knowledge of that the city existed in, at right, all. Right, like in how the first does place. nobody have and anything also, to
0: say about this? Especially if there were fucking dragons! Like how are we forgetting that there were dragons?
1: dragons. Well, I mean, there yeah. are. He does talk, I guess, is it the. Yeah, it's the next chapter, the intro where it talks about how, you know, if there how few images there are of elderlings and right how those are all contradicting right. and so like yeah know there are dragon you know image there is dragon imagery around but like
0: and I get that I like know, he makes the point of not, like, like at some knowledge. point they
1: were so ubiquitous that
0: they weren't well documented because it was like why do we need to have paintings of dogs and horses everywhere because they're gonna be around forever but I don't but know. Then
1: he's like, but there's paintings of but dogs and do. horses everywhere. Right. So, <laughs> so, like, why aren't there a bunch of dragons or elderlings or whatever? Exactly. My only. And then it's always a question of, like, well, is the dragon an elderling? Like, what is the elderling?
2: I mean, are dragons real? What is he seeing? Is it a memory? Is it a movie? Like, To me, reading yeah, it,
0: it too. made it seem to me that, like, the dragons were the elderlings, so that they were some, like, amazing beast that the people clearly cared for because they would like they had roads that were wide enough in their town for them to mm-hmm. walk down
1: yep well that's clearly what he thinks so far so. Yeah. yeah
0: my only beef with this chapter was and it's just books and stories in general and it's, i just have to willing suspension of disbelief and everything but like how to me easily he pieced together all of this stuff of like oh, and I'm going to the castle, and then it's like oh, and there was a fire, so he must have used the fire and like written out the knife, and then I'll... it's like that kind of stuff. CSI, yeah, okay. exactly.
1: <laughs> I was reading through that whole thing, and I was like, how did he figure? Okay, all right. We're Especially it. Cool. when we we're see to look yeah. Fitz
0: kind of bumble his way through some things, he has his really amazing moments, and then he has his low points, and you know, I guess we this is one of the amazing, one of his ones. amazing ones, but. It just seemed like I mean, that all got pieced together, be sh- have, it and it seems so easy. Of I shared a- memory, yeah, At, true, 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 yeah. And I just kept yeah. waiting for something bad to pop up. Like, how did he walk through this whole desolate town and not have anything? You know, I kept like waiting for the dead. troll, to yeah. <laughs>
2: like pop
0: up from yeah, behind we're the, orcs. the wall, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, but
2: they're coming. I guess Fitz is the orc in this situation. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Now you can, you I think you can fall into the trap of blaming every bright moment of Fitz on him being linked to Verity, but I, yeah, but he was like he was a scribe in training for a while, and part of this, I mean, this is map making. I, I don't know. It didn't yeah. seem that that crazy to me.
2: Well, it's something he has in common with Verity too. Yeah, like it's not just exactly. It's not just a shared experience. It's a shared study. Yeah. Uh, What do we think about this liquid magic? Ashley.
0: Well, I don't know. He seems to think that the river here was the river that Verity dipped his body into, and that just doesn't make sense to me.
2: Because... But it's also like, if if this is the river, where is Verity? He, I think that so this is was. all. But I think that that lends credence to my theory that a lot of this is because he's already kind of experienced this through Verity's mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he knows, he knows that that's the river because Verity knows that that's the river. He knows Verity's not in this town because Verity knows he's not in this town.
0: But where did the skill magic go? Because when Verity was there, that river was like pulling him in like a magnet. And this town yeah. now that when Fitz is in it, whether he's touching the wall or not, there wasn't magic flowing through this river, so did Verity steal it all? Is he just a greedy bastard? <laughs> <laughs> Verity <laughs> sucked, sucked up, it up all
2: the magic. Uh, I mean that doesn't seem right if a whole dragon can like drink from it and it's still around. Yeah. So I don't know.
3: Maybe you have to be special to tap into it? Yeah. Skilled. Very skilled.
2: Fitz is yeah. skilled, technically. Uh, let's move on to chapter 28, but I didn't do this. Just, I did. did. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um,
1: chapter 28 is called The Coterie. The intro, as I said, talks about the otherlings and how those few images of them and those that they have are contradicting. So after Fitz's little city walkabout, he ends up back in their tent and tells everyone the whole story. And Kettle explains that the skill wrought signpost took him and then gave him back to them, and again she seems to have more knowledge. Um, Fitz and Ketrickin then compare their maps and decide that the city was one place that they what well, was on the map of like one of the three, and they can now move on to the next. Uh, before they go to go to sleep, Fitz discovers the fool is warm, gasp, which is never true. He's always cold. And Fitz is super worried that he's sick, although the Fool suspects it might be something else to do with him gaining more colour, because it has happened before. Fitz is still super worried though. Um and he doesn't want to travel, like if he's still sick, but so he and Ketra could argue about that. And Fitz decides to give the fool elf bark to warn him, and Kettle again scolds him for his elf bark use, saying it doesn't really do what he thinks it does, but she does allow it, because it will it might warn him. In the morning, Fitz and Nighteyes discover that danger is coming in the form of six men on horses. They plan to both run and fight, and they find an old rock slide blocking their path on the road, and Fitz and the Jeppas and Starling and the Fool cross it. Um, Fitz and the Jeppas go first, and they get across, but then Starling and the Fool get stuck as the rocks begin to slide. Fitz goes back Fitz goes back and gets Starling first to safety, and then goes back to carry the Fool across, and he gets stuck, and it's up to Ketrickin and the lead shepherds to save the day, which was very nice of them. Um, <laughs> and then after they're safe, they discover that it's the three coterie members and three guards that are trailing them. And Will, Burl, and Carrot have seemingly gone into the city while the guards wait. Fitz decides that he's done with it all and he's just going to kill them, or at least the guards and get rid of their horses and food. Starling seems startled by the fact that Fitz is an assassin. <laughs> and... <laughs> Despite the fact that she's been following him this heard, whole time. you've heard, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Fitz is like, this is the thing that must be done. Uh, once again, Fitz thinks he can go do something alone, but again, he is foolish because Kettle announces she's going with him and he can't really argue with that. Anyway, she's good on the rocks and she claims she can use a bow. So Kettle proves to be a badass and takes out two of the guards while Fitz and Night-Eyes tag team to handle the third. And then Night-Eyes chases the horses off, which he's not super happy about because he wanted to eat them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He's like, do we get horse for dinner tonight? No Night-Eyes. Um, they take what supplies they can and get rid of the rest along with the bodies, leaving nothing left for the coterie. On the way back, Kettle, tell- Kettle and Fitz get to talking about killing people, and Kettle admits that she's killed before. She accidentally killed a member of her own coterie with the skill, so they burned the skill out of her and exiled her forever. Mm. What?
0: Oh, shit. Blew my mind, you guys. Blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was a story in there somewhere.
3: So the real question is how the hell old is she? How old is she?
0: <laughs> one yeah. million. Or like forty five, <laughs> and she just looks really rough because she's about to grow up. <laughs> forty five. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, that's I I'm only I'm just assuming it's like olden times and so that's very old, but also like Look at how tragic Verity was when he aged so badly when he was
2: skilling all the time. And she's, you
0: know, maybe she got locked in or something. Who knows?
2: (laughs) But so Kettle knows all about the skill, but can't use it or has been barred from using it. And but she still has all these other really great skills that I assume it's funny because remember how in the last section, the fool was like, I think she's been exiled. Yeah, turns yeah. Out she's been exiled for <laughs> murdering her oh, own. coterie member.
0: remember? That's crazy town.
1: I want to. I almost wrote a spoiler into this section. I was like, wait, now that doesn't actually say. That. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I can I can point out some non spoiler stuff. Um, <laughs> too. Um, so, Fitz was looking into all the people he thought should be alive. Who would still have the skill yeah. and he couldn't find any of them. You'd think that he would have noticed Kettle, right?
0: Well, but if she she's was excited. exiled, they maybe didn't have a record of her because they were maybe.
2: there. And also he was looking for people who had been part of the last coterie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not the coterie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How old is she? Oh my god, she's like two hundred years old. No, she's one million years old. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I like that she's good on the rocks. Like she's like a yeah. professional goat person or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, she really was good on the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> she was good on the rocks. It's great. Our and did she not can fall use down. an
0: arrow, man. She
1: pew pew.
3: That was so cool. Yeah, that she like got most of the kills,
1: and that
2: she didn't flinch yeah, it doing took it.
1: And Night Eyes to do the other, one. and
2: Night Eyes got one. You know, yeah.
1: well, it's helped, but <laughs> tried.
2: He let Fitz help. He already had it. He was
1: like, "All right, I've got it. Please stab it, so we can be done." Please
2: stab this one. <laughs> uh, what else happens? I like the Jeppas. Point, you know, MVP medals to the yeah. Jeppas who, up until this point, Fitz has been pretty like dismissive of. True and and like kind of sad about because he's like they're gonna die. They're just. Well, and Night Eyes
0: die. was hella gonna, shady about ass. the Jeppas. In the, was that the last chapter or a couple chapters ago where he's like, they just follow humans? They rely on them too much. Like, whatever. Like, that's why they just run to humans when I scare them. I was like,
1: man, you're. <laughs> he, Night Eyes, what are you he doing? You know, he's right totally now?
0: fucking with those poor Jeppas, like, all the time, <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> oh, Night Eyes.
1: I love
3: you. I would like to point out that this was. Some pretty uh, quick thinking on Fitz's part to go take out the Coterie's supplies.
2: Well, finally, he has an assassin's ID. Right?
1: <laughs> Which is why Starling was so shocked, because she's just like, well, he hasn't been acting like an assassin for a while now.
2: Yeah, because, like, up until this point, I've been like, Fitz's idea would be, I'm going to go down to the city and challenge them. Right, <laughs> yeah, right.
1: yeah. You know? <laughs> Like, no! In a skill duel that I will surely lose.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'll take the wolf with me somehow, and we will will fight them and kill them. (laughs) He he would take step one foot into
3: that
1: city, get swept up by a bunch of, like, you know, skill wraiths, and then they just come and, like, murder him instantly.
3: Well, I think it it goes back to uh, the same thing as when he uh, killed Bolt and Bolt's guys. Yeah. That he's got something else to live for, so he's thinking it out a Competent. little bit more. Which is in contrast to when he went after Regal, and he was like, I'm going to go after Regal, and I'm going to poison everything, and I, I'm i going to die <laughs> at the end of it. I don't give a
0: shit. <laughs> so I'm just going
3: to run in there, and I'm going to put poison on everything. That was my plan.
0: <laughs> a little double-do.
2: Oh, yeah, you're right. It is because he has something else to do. It's like he's like, I'm I'm trying to do this other thing and these assholes keep bothering me. Let like let's just make them go away the easiest way possible.
1: I do also like the moment where he says he does agree to let Kettle come and, and Night Eyes goes, Oh, you're learning that it's better to hunt in a pack. Uh, yeah. yeah. 'Cause you know, Fitz always tries to do everything himself and if he did let other competent people help him, then like he would be more successful. Fitz
3: yeah. Fitz is a tool. Like, he's, 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 I think he's pretty good at a lot of things, but he's not good at planning. Planning. <laughs> he's good at planning if he stops to think about planning, but he doesn't usually, so I think that if you either had, if you had a couple other people to, like, make he's him engage his if brain. If he
1: stops to think, or if he is in a situation where he just has to survive, mm-hmm. he's competent at killing. This could also just be an example
0: of like he's becoming closer and bonding with all these people. And so he just trusted her to come with him and help him. Whereas like before, he maybe didn't feel that with people.
2: Right.
3: Yeah, I would trust Kettle too. He
2: recognized the one guard. Yeah. Kettle.
3: He played the penny whistle.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He was popular with the
3: ladies or not popular. I don't know. He played the penny whistle for ladies.
2: He I feel like the that makes you popular. Ladies. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> now a penny whistle, is that the same as a slide whistle? I think so. Like the woo-hoo. What the fuck are you
3: gonna do? Yeah. It's either the slide one or it's a, like a recorder. I'm
0: I think either
3: one is not super cool.
1: I <laughs> don't know what was cooling like, those, those little terms. like
0: Irish kind of whistles. Like a pan flute. Yeah.
3: But those are the sea pipes right
2: <laughs> which, are which is what cool. fits play so, so the c pipe
0: so i envisioned it being like several <laughs> pipes like banded together like a multi-pipe situation yeah. whereas yeah the like, penny, pen, like a pencil it's like just one single
2: pipe one tiny
1: yeah, the pipe. penny whistle is is like a recorder okay. it's a recorder.
3: a recorder okay okay
2: it's just like a narrow that's recorder. not that
3: was not popular with the ladies
2: <laughs> I remember I learned to play Guantanamera on my recorder. <laughs> so
1: oh, we played so like happy. the popcorn song or something on our recording. Rachel, do
0: you think if I had an recorder shipped to you via Amazon, you could still remember how to play that song?
1: No, you know no, I have a recorder. I could look it up on, the on the YouTube.
3: You know, I have uh, I have this i have this vague dream that's probably never gonna come true that i will cosplay something where i can play saxophone music that that is it a is it a pipe dream huh (laughs) it's a pipe dream for sure
4: (laughs) i keep i keep Uh,
3: thinking that i'm gonna do it and then checking it out it's part of it i'm not that great at saxophone but uh yeah
0: more (laughs) importantly you should cosplay tallow huh and play the penny whistle. I said, more importantly, do you have a saxophone?
3: Oh, yeah, I played it for like 12 years uh, in school. Oh.
2: But he's not very <laughs> good. I'm not very how good, you though. Good if you played it for 12 fucking years? <laughs> <laughs> hey, to be it's fair, all about I how you apply yourself. Fits. <laughs> I played the violin from,
1: you know, fourth grade to ninth grade, and I also sucked, so I understand.
2: <laughs> I play the recorder, and <laughs> I can play Guan <laughs> All I can do is
0: rock a mean kazoo. Oh. <laughs> there you have
1: it. Listeners, the musical stylings of Bucky
0: We'll right get now. the band together one of these days. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we're cu- that's why we're in the walls, so no one will hear us.
2: <laughs> Alright, so Kettle has... Uh, Revealed that she was part of a coterie. And that she murdered her coterie member. Which means that Kettle's probably a bad guy. I guess.
0: It could have been an accident. It could have been a a rage. You know like a fit of rage. And she didn't have control over herself. It made it sound like she was young. When she killed her coterie friend. So.
1: Well it sounded like it was impulsive. And she didn't really meet. She didn't really think she could do it.
2: Right. Right.
1: She because the other one was stronger always, and then it just happened.
2: So, shall we move on to the next chapter? Who's doing it? It's me, appropriately. So, the
0: rooster crown. All right, girl. so
2: this is chapter 29 The Rooster Crown. The intro talks about a game consisting of cards and rune chips played in the mountain kingdom, and it sounds a lot like Settlers of Catan. <laughs> uh, it's probably. <laughs> It's probably in this intro to note that the glyphs for stone, water, and pasture, etc. are the same glyphs that we're seeing on the pillars and maps. So Kettle and Fitz uh, arrive back at camp after this revelation. And Night Eyes is kind of like, you know, sometimes you murder your pack mates. <laughs> so, and it's okay.
3: It's not good, but uh, it happens.
2: It's not good, but it happens. Uh, So back at camp, they report the success of their mission. Starling again seems shocked at the casual killing, while Fitz reports that the people following them are most certainly Regal's coterie. Ketrickin assures Fitz that the fool has eaten and seems to be getting marginally better. To distract Fitz from his thoughts, Kettle continues to play the stone game with Fitz. He is suffering from exhaustion and is preoccupied with the fool's well-being. Early in the morning, Fitz's skill walls fall and he is confronted by Regal's great eye, to which I wrote, hello, Sauron. Uh, all,
1: all I wanted to do is make that comment. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't put it in there, I was going to put it in there. <laughs> uh,
2: threatening to take. So he, the, the giant eyeballs threatening to take Molly and the child. Uh, so afterward Fitz tries to keep his mind off of them in case he gives Regal any more clues to their location. So Fitz is continuing to travel with the group and he's playing the stones game to keep his mind occupied, but not, he's not even speaking to night eyes because he's just so shut down. The fool recovers and laments that his affliction seems a normal thing for him. And he's wondering that if caring for him contributed to Ketrickin's miscarriage, So there's a lot of guilt going around. Fitz and The Fool discuss the changes in The Fool and eventually touch on the white prophet role itself. And Fitz realizes that The Fool, as a prophet, knows less about the present than (laughs) Fitz had counted on. While The Fool conveys that the scope of his mission is much larger than anyone had thought. He said, as an example, years ago, I had a vision. I saw a black buck rising from a bed of shining black stone. When first I saw the black walls of buck keep rising over the waters, I said to myself, Ah, that is what that meant. Now I see a young bastard whose sigil is a book walking on a road wrought from black stone. Maybe that is what the dream signified. I don't know. So while walking, they come upon the ruins of a town at a crossroads. So Fitz and the Fool, they come into this town square around a pillar, and they share a vision of a woman wearing a rooster crown. The rest of the group struggles to pull them out of the vision, and the Fool is insensate at first and then cries, It was the announcing of realler's dragon, and he had promised that he would fly me. "'Did you see my crown? Wasn't it magnificent?' The Fool announces that this vision has assured him that they are all who, where, and when they need to be. So that evening, Fitz and the Fool go hunting with night eyes and play in a river. And when they get back, Ketrickin chastises Fitz for for telling him that he's adding to the strife in the group because Starling is jealous of the attentions that Fitz is giving the Fool.' Their conversation leads to talk of attraction in general, and then specifically about whether or not Ketrickin thinks Fitz is attractive, (laughs) and it's very awkward. Oh. (laughs) Oh, gosh. They're in the tent alone together. Hey, good looking. There's actually a really great line, again, I think going back to what Eli said about Fitz having accidental game because they're going back and forth about like, well, what is attraction and who do I, who do I like and blah, blah, blah. blah. And he's like, he says something like, well, it's not like you and I would get together. And it's like, no, no, we wouldn't. We
1: it's like, well, the weren't around and uh, Molly weren't around. Yeah, I'm trying Maybe. to find it.
2: Oh yeah, comely! I laughed aloud, both incredulous and bitter. With this scarred face and battered body, it haunts my nightmares. That when Molly next sees me, she'll shall turn aside from me in horror. Comely, and then Katerina's like fits. <laughs> like yo, those I scars speak to you, <laughs> they sexy. Maybe <laughs> not the to one in as his a back, woman. <laughs> I speak to you as a woman to tell you that although you bear scars, you are far from grotesque. You see. From the grotesque you seem to believe yourself. You are still a comely youth in ways that have nothing to do with your face. And were my heart not full with my lord Verity, I would not disdain you.
1: <laughs> it's
3: so much.
1: And then she runs her fingers down Scorna's cheek. Uh.
2: Right, because earlier he said, my heart is given already. It is no more right to say that I disdain Starling than it is to say that you disdain me because your heart is filled with my lord, Verity. And so, she, like, she, like, Starling. No, no, <laughs> that's not the conversation we're having.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, imagine, he looks like Verity, probably. He's, like, a taller, younger Verity that's not, like, you know, he actually pays attention to her. Missing.
2: Right? <laughs> yeah.
1: You well deserve my lord's love, I told her artlessly from a full heart. Oh, do not look at me with his eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah. that insulting is awkward.
2: <laughs> I mean, this is kind of on Ketrickin, because she was meddling. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is like when you're like, look, I see two of my friends getting kind of fresh with each other, and then the other friend is kind of jealous, and I think that you should just refrain from doing any of that to keep, to keep the peace. And then... Fitz is like, huh?
1: I know my favorite what? thing is that he's just oblivious to all of it. Yeah. As usual.
2: <laughs> what do you mean I had a splash fight with the fool and it bothered her? I don't get it. <laughs> She's like, How did you guys get wet? <laughs> Were you in the river together? <laughs> you like, post yeah this episode, we you had have a pillow fight and then we splashed each get other wet. with water. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> Hashtag let's <laughs> Oh Lord. Okay, will do. Just add splashing. I sounds. hope this is the episode that Robin Hobb finds.
3: <laughs> Skip the other ones. Come straight to episode fifteen. For the
2: next half hour, we will do we will do a sentence by sentence examination of the splash fight between <laughs> Fitz and the Fool. <laughs> Uh, how did you all get so wet? she asked.
0: <laughs> I was really excited for the fool when he got
2: really excited about his crown. Did you like that description? i did i have this I have this vision that I'm gonna like do well not me that I will bag Joey to three d model like something that's like properly done with like alternating like feathers and rooster heads like all the way around Uh and then gild it and then do yeah i think that'd be so cool and would you just
0: like casually wear that to the grocery store
1: (laughs) 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 and shout about realtor's (laughs) dragon
2: Sh- and sh- yes, I would definitely shout about RealDers Dragon, especially if there were like two for one in kind of <laughs> like, two, like <laughs> on chicken. So <laughs> on chicken, and I'd, I'd have to cut, I'd have to think up like some good rhymes to interact with people in the in like the fruit aisle. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I'd splash people with the water when it comes down to like rain on the. You'd vegetables. splash them with a the vegetable mist, <laughs> and you'd walk yeah. out, and someone would be like, "How did you get wet?" <laughs> Perfect, I always Glad imagined it up.
3: was like uh like Aragorn's crown,
2: yeah, yeah, but like more fabulous, yeah
3: I mean his his crown's kind of dumb, with but chickens, I think it would look better on the <laughs> fool if with that chickens. makes sense,
2: I mean the I, everything I think about the fool is fashion, like. <laughs> Silly, but make it fashion. Like it's a rooster crown, but it's also but it's got rooster heads, you know. But it's got. So, do we want to talk about Regal's eye? (laughs) (laughs) It's just,
1: it's so random, and yet so creepy.
3: (laughs) I do you think that if it had just been Will and the rest of the coterie, that they might have been able to harm Fitz? But that Regal insisted on being the, I don't know, the focusing factor of Mm -hmm. it. That, you know, to get his jollies out of it, he was hindering the rest of the coterie.
2: Well, I'm sure they had scaled back to him and said, so we lost all of our supplies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we think it was Fitz, which means we're close, but also we're even farther than we've ever been because we have no supplies and no <laughs> horses and we don't know where he went. So Regal's probably like, God damn it, skill and find him. And this time, you know, I'll be there because you guys can't do your job. Like, I can see yeah. the reasoning. yeah
3: But I, I'm, I'm just saying that I feel like the, him being the lead man on this is hindering the
2: oh it hampered them yeah because he was sucking in their strength in order to do that because he doesn't have the skill he just wanted to do a cool trick trick and
0: he's like look i want to show up in this vision and i just want to be an eye and it's got to be really cool (laughs) and very sinister (laughs) and i'm going to use all of your energy to do it
2: i just read this really cool book where there's one guy is a flaming eyeball (laughs) i want to do that
1: lidless and breathed in flame can we
2: make that happen (laughs) (laughs) how does he know it was regal's eye like know that eye it's definitely regal's eye
3: let's be real he didn't read that he just watched the movie so
2: uh that's true (laughs) um what else did we not cover Oh, I think it's pretty standard fare that the prophet doesn't know what the hell he's doing. That's mm-hmm. general. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At this at this point, when you find a prophet, you should always be like, mm, "Do you really know what you're doing?"
1: Is this is the chapter where he tries to. Is that the next chapter where he tries to like ask him about his people?
2: That's the next, that's the chapter. next chapter. But he, but after the vision of. The, the woman in the rooster crown, uh, you know, that's when the fool is like, I'm on the right path. Like, we're doing what we need right. to do in in his myriad futures, you know, in, in the turning of the wheel, whatever, that we've talked about before. Like, this is it. I'm doing all the right moves. So he feels energized, you know.
3: Is that why that he got a
2: fee? He doesn't
3: know what he's doing, but he knows that it's right.
2: Is fever good or bad?
3: feels the force.
2: Unsure quite yet. Got <laughs> So let's move on to chapter 30 called Stone Garden. The intro takes us back to the Red Ship Raid and the destruction of Dimity Keep, which is a small coastal holding in Buck that, along with its lord, fell to the Red Ship Raiders due to their own lack of defenses, which were in, t- in their part due to the high taxation from the crown. So at this point, I want to issue a content warning. Uh, We are going to be talking about rape, uh, unfortunately, but it's there. If that's not your thing, maybe stop listening. Uh, Off the skill road, Night Eyes thrives in the new hunting and Fitz regains his mind. While walking, Fitz broaches the topic of the fool's pronouns and is told that it's quote, rubbish, mere plumbing. Fitz tries to express to the fool that he thinks it's important and that it bothers him that Starling thinks that he's a woman, but the fool reacts with a rivaled song that embarrasses everyone. They continue their discussion by talking of love and sex and Fitz uh, and the fool says, well, I love you and all that is part of you. And do you not return that to me? And Fitz says, well, you know, I love you. So this feels like a different statement than earlier when Fitz is talking about Molly and says the same thing, that he loves Molly and all of her. But the fool seems more sure about the meaning, and they end their conversation companionably, if not a bit confused. A short time later, they arrive at the stone garden and see a dragon and another and another So to Fitz and Nighteyes, they are alive, but everyone else believes that they are cunningly wrought stone carvings. They're imbued with color and somehow totally unweathered by time and nature. Is it a garden? Is it a graveyard? Ketrickin and Fitz examine the map and believe that they've arrived at the second of the three sites marked. That leaves only one final possibility left for finding Verity. That evening, Starling and Fitz go hunting with Night Eyes, and Starling tells Fitz that the wit does not bother her since Fitz had told Ketrickin that he thought that that was why Starling was standoffish. And she also promises to stop referring to the fool as she, but she does not apologize. So after this, Starling opens up, and as a way of explaining her mercenary tendencies uh, pertaining to Molly and Nettle, she describes her life up until that point that she survived the sacking of Dimity Keep and that she was raped and left for dead. Fitz is shocked that Starling speaks calmly and factually about it, but he knows that rape by the raiders and the Forged Ones happens, and only now is he uh, thinking that it's strange that people don't talk of it. And it is confirmed for Fitz that Starling was also raped at Moon's Eye, and Starling explains away her promiscuity as a result of her rape, that she aborted a child and it made her barren, and that because of all of this, she's just not marriage material. Fitz is shocked and angered by Starling's story, and he apologizes for his part in the situations that he caused, and they seem to forgive each other their past assumptions. Starling then makes a pass at Fitz, and Fitz tells her that Night Eyes would share whatever they shared, and this unnerves Starling, and she asks him about Molly. Uh, Fitz commits himself to being faithful to Molly, so they do nothing but they're pals again. That night with Starling at his back, Fitz, dreams of Molly and Nettle, accompanied by Night Eyes and the Fool. They play a game like Kettle's game, but instead of stones, they have little dragons, and Fitz finds that it is a peaceful dream. So yeah, so we get a lot more of Starling's backstory about why she might be a little bit prickly. I hate that that's her backstory, but
0: she could be prickly for so many reasons.
2: I hate that it happened to her twice. I hate that it happened to her... In ways that she thought, like, just the way that it's discussed. And I mean, I guess that echoes how it's discussed in real life. But, like, it's just something that happens. And it it's not public. And it's always surprising to the person that's being told that, like, things like that happen. Um, Yeah. So, like, and I also don't like that she equates all of that with... Why she's promiscuous? Like that is the one part that really rubs me the I wrong way, and I really don't understand totally it. Totally
0: agree. I'm like, I don't know. I, I that's such like a cliche, and like reinforcing like such like awful things about like oh well if you're a raped person then you're like tainted and no good and you're just like garbage trash or whatever. And I'm like no, that doesn't or like you somehow completely lose your self-worth and there's so many people who have been raped that that's not the case and just to like let her character be that is very very annoying to me
1: i mean i think the barren thing also plays into that which yeah. is also annoying in a different way but i guess makes sense for
3: this world well they have it caused by the it's the same root. so i mean it, yeah it's yeah. It's annoying for the same reason.
2: I think I think that Fitz kind of reacts the only way that he can in this situation. Like, what some of the things that she says matter-of-factly as true, he kind of denies, right? Because he's like, you know, you're still a valuable person. These things should not have happened to you. You know, you. What do you mean you're not marriage material? Like those kinds of reactions from Fitz are heartening because I don't, I, you know, at at least for, for Starling's part, like the fact that she is feeling a little worthless as a result of these things that were done to her, you know, that's, that's kind of not her fault. She lives in a society that didn't do anything to help her. I mean, she says that she's like, you think that you live in a world where people have standards and, truth and honesty and that they'll help you and she's like but when push comes to shove no one helped me and she has multiple instances of it in her life where people failed her in that way so I I understand why she's why she's down on herself and I and you know Fitz doesn't accept that he doesn't push her but he doesn't accept that
1: I mean I did like the part where he said uh you know if you want to talk about it You know, I'm ready to listen. And Mm -hmm. then she's like, you know, I was there when you explained everything that happened to you in in Regal's Dungeons. And, you know, that didn't change anything. And you know this wouldn't either. And it's just a really
2: kind of horribly sad moment for like
1: both of them. But
3: it felt real. Yeah.
2: But if you remember that scene from Fitz's point of view, it was cathartic for him in a way but he, he also, also didn't, didn't want to, want to it. do it
0: and he didn't necessarily yeah. feel good about doing it it's like yeah afterwards he like he was maybe feeling different but
1: i don't think that he felt better about it
2: yeah which i guess I is think why he, he the truth being out yeah
1: which is i guess why he you know offers to listen to her because it did sort of help him in a way yeah
2: yeah, maybe not so much the torture part, but like at least right. all of the 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 part where he, you know, wasn't lying about being witted and the parts about where he wasn't lying about loving Molly, and like all of those things right. that he had been forced to keep a secret, he felt relief at at making at putting them out there.
1: You know, and maybe that now Starling has explained all of this stuff to Fitz, she can feel well. I say that, but then she still came on to him immediately after, so I don't know. yeah. <laughs> Which is I think sh- I think
2: that she's using it as control.
1: Of course, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cuz if she can control when she's, you know, with people, then that's better than leaving it up to, you know, horrifying chance. Yeah. But it also it's like you know he's not interested. <laughs> like I mean, he is, like I mean, obviously he does have those moments, but like she knows he's not going to at this point in time. So I don't know why she keeps trying to push the issue and get so sort of offended by the fact that he is rejecting her, even though that's not really what's happening. That's
0: the thing for me. It's like, I get her trying multiple times because she is just waiting for that brief moment of weakness from him. And she'll get some right. level of satisfaction out of that. But the fact that she's then
1: offended
0: when it doesn't work out. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> no. Like, if you're going to play the game, acknowledge what
1: the game is. Well, it's, like, the fact that, you know, going back to her whole, like, the fool has to be a woman because, you know, he's not interested in me is, like, well, like, alright, I don't know if that makes any sense, but, okay. Like, for multiple reasons, like, one, not every man has to be into you, and two, again, do gay people exist in this world, Rob (laughs) no
3: Okay, but right, to... and
2: you can't, you can't reduce people to their sexual impulses, to... right? Which I feel right. like right. Starling is, is kind of doing to people.
3: To her credit, l- l- let me just read a section of this. Let me read a section of Fitz actually speaking, okay? Okay. I have brought much pain into your life, I confessed. Do not think I do not know the value of a minstrel's hands, or that I discount the violation of your body. If you wish to speak of it? I am ready to listen. Sometimes talking helps. It's like he's almost a different person. It's it's it feels like you're just pulling it out of like a like poetry or something.
1: I mean, he definitely he says becomes very, like the very, right very, very
3: sensitive when people are are injured or reveal themselves as injured to him.
2: Because he himself has been through trauma, right? I mean, that it's yeah, kind right. of a exactly. Weird but I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, t- I'm taking I don't think her... that it, just because you've been through trauma doesn't make you good at dealing with people's trauma. But for whatever I, reason, I'm just taking Fitz her side. Good at that. He's good at empathizing. Yeah.
0: No, and she, I could, he, yeah, I, I mean, I could see her being attracted to somebody who treats her that way, and thinking like, okay.
2: He's a good guy, but also just because someone's right. nice and to you, values her as a person.
1: But also just because someone's nice to you and and tries to help you through, you know, this traumatic situation that you've just revealed, does not mean that they are automatically into you. Sure, either.
0: absolutely, but when you've been right. treated like yeah. shit your entire life, then you have to right. Be I mean,
1: I yeah. I do get yeah. it, but yeah, again, it's so it's not so is, much. You know, She's it's not so trouble. much that she says so she tries it, it's that she is then offended when he yeah.
2: doesn't want to. So, I want to go back to some of the things that the Fool was saying because, you know, at some point in their journey, the Fool kind of stopped fighting with Starling and just decided to kind of like coexist, right? Like, he helped her with her harp. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, but this moment this kind of where he lashes out and embarrasses her in front of everyone uh when he says his little his little limerick
0: uh-huh he was being kind of a turd <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. he was but but in his defense she was calling him a
0: woman so he gets to be a jerk if he wants to
2: well and also just like inviting all of this speculation in the group about something i mean he, we know that the fool is a very private person right and right. no one else is, like, no one else is being... I mean, he says, like, well, I'm sorry. I haven't gone around making everyone else pull their pants down. Like, what is this conversation? Right.
0: I love that there's, there's one
2: the thing
4: he says, Oh, when found the fool it.
0: pisses, pray tell what's the angle. Did we take down yep. his pants? Would he dimple or dangle?
2: Right. And then and then um, Fitz goes, Well, did you ever stop to think you might hurt her feelings? And the fool goes, I gave it as much thought as she gave to whether such an allegation might hurt mine.
1: Which I think is fair.
2: Fair. Yeah. It's fair.
1: Everyone is just sad and traumatized is yeah. basically the uh, moral of this chapter.
0: I do. and uh, Yeah, and then I just, I'm re- sorry, I started reading this again and The fool looks at Fitz and he says, Admit it. You asked the question with never a thought as to whether it would hurt my vanity. How would you feel if I demanded proof that you are a man? It hurt his
2: feelings. And I think this goes back to what Eli was saying about about how, I mean, I think Jenny maybe also said this, like when a woman is in distress, Fitz is kind of at his best Mm -hmm. in terms Mm -hmm. of, being empathetic and comforting and not weird. And he's just like, he's a good person to have, but he only gives that part of himself to women in distress. So he's, he's got all these different standards for people because he's making, you know, essentially assumptions about what people need from him and the fool, because he's decided, well, the fool is a man. That means that he doesn't deserve the same level of empathy I think the fool's calling him out there. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, while they do have this very like special weird close relationship, he also is very bad with all of the personal stuff with the fool at the same time. Oh yeah. I mean he's I mean his, well, he's just, historically been funny. awful with it from the start, so
3: This this whole section is very, very awkward for Fitz. You can almost, you can, you can feel the no homo just like all written all over the page.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and the fool is relentlessly honest. He might not offer everything up without being asked, but whenever he's asked a question, he answers honestly. And that goes back to the other book where he said, you know, if you ask me, you may not like my answer, but I will tell you the truth. But I do think that it's interesting that we have, a, you know, a fantasy novel, Sword and Sorcery. This genre is not um, traditionally known for a, a, a nuanced examination of gender roles in society. Yeah. and And yet here we are having kind of a nuanced conversation.
1: Her saying at the panel that she didn't intend to, like, write that kind of commentary into her book i'm like but you did yeah
0: and very blatant like yeah it's not subtle at all but also i'm curious as to, like to what end to what end do we have Starling's story of being raped to what end are we having these discussions between fits and the fool about gender and all of this stuff like where is it gonna go or is it just like this one little section of, like, oh, we're going to talk about this, but never, like, follow through on it. So, I don't know. We'll see, I guess.
1: I do think it's interesting, the conversation that Fitz and the Fool have together when he's, when Fitz is, like, what's he say? It's only that she thinks you love me. I try to explain. I do. I mean, is a man and a woman love? And how is that? I mean, for betting. For, and is that how a man loves a woman? For betting? It's part of it you are confusing plumbing and love again. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. it's interesting.
2: And to think, when was this book published? 1997. A while ago. So 1997 in a genre that's not necessarily known for nuanced discussion of gender roles or gender fluidity or, you know, like any, any, or having empathetic, like non uh, I don't know what what's the word I'm looking for like fits while he does exhibit a lot of toxic masculinity in these moments he's he's not like get away from me fool for telling me any of these things he's thoughtful he's uncomfortable yeah, but he's right. thoughtful I just think that that's like they're kind of ahead of their time in that regard agreed
1: should we uh, talk about the
2: dragons at all (laughs) yeah Yeah. if we're (laughs) done with that uh, let's yeah let's talk about the dragons
0: Um, are they alive (laughs) are they not alive Uh, who
2: wants to vote for garden or graveyard oh that's such
0: a tough call I mean, I or know. something else. I, I don't think I don't <laughs> think it's a graveyard because they feel or because Night Eyes and Fitz feel them. And so it wouldn't make sense if they were dead that they would feel them.
3: I thought it was an interesting care- comparison between uh the forged ones who feel like stones that are moving but they have no life to the wit. And then the, the stones that don't move but have a wit life force Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Uh, and they're all different but they all have wings and that they all look different yeah they all different but they have wings I like the big pig I'm confused by this. With wings
1: is pretty cute. I'm confused by the stag that has a man's face, but also antlers, and also apparently. Yeah, there's wings. a lot going on there. This just sounds horrifying. Oh, I
2: just think that's some. No, that's like princess uh, princess Mononoke with the the forest spirit. He's got a man's face and antlers. Is it like that's what I picture anyway?
1: Is it like a a centaur but a stag?
2: No, it's like a stag, but instead of a, a stag face, there's a human head. Have you never seen that's... Princess Mononoke?
1: No.
3: <laughs> it's <laughs> so That's horrifying. basically what it is. Yeah.
2: There are many um, environments in Hobbes' novels that I imagine as, like, a Ghibli-esque landscape. Yeah. And they're made out of something that never that like wasn't eroded yeah like the trees grew around it yeah
0: and very crazy intricate details honestly it's the nicest place they've been
2: yet (laughs) that's true
3: it's pretty no one's died yet
2: don't jinx it. None of them woke up and ate anyone, which is great.
3: Nobody passed through a pillar, traveled through space. Yeah, no
2: one touched a no one touched a dragon and ended up like in a weird ass place. Yes. <laughs> but
1: there are pillars around. At every location. Yeah.
2: So let's go into our final section. Uh, we have friends in high places, character introductions, and exits.
0: Well, it's not an intro, but the introduction of Kettle as a former skilled one. That's a friend in a high place, because she's got yes. a lot of intel now that we know that about her. And it'd be nice For if she told Kettle. more.
3: A former skilled one who murdered her friend.
0: There could have, you know... Pretty not... Crazy. It could have been a conspiracy. Honorary assassin. I don't
2: know. Uh, goodbye, Tallow. I guess so. (laughs) Random penny whistle (laughs) player. Uh, And hello, graveyard slash garden sculptures or ghost dragons. dragons. Ghost dragons.
1: The one in the in the city. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Or ghost dragons in the city, or actual ghosts in the city, or Verity's. Maps? Who knows? <laughs> uh Skills acquired. Yes, Fitz fell through a stone. <laughs> Weird. Not sure he can
1: repeat that, but he did it once. Seems the useful. The full skilled, Seems... so, or-ish. Like,
3: mm-hmm.
0: tandem
2: Yes. Skilled. How did
3: he do that? How did he do?
2: Yes, how indeed... Uh the jeppas saved the day on the rock slide for our animal assist. I think the jeppas deserve extra grain. I don't think they deserve, deserve like the not to die now. on this journey. They deserve not to die on the journey. <laughs> Nothing is guaranteed. <laughs> Uh, was the fool there and how creepy was he being? The fool was there.
0: He wasn't creepy. He had a low point when he was feeling sick, but then he had a really high point when he got to do the weird tandem skill thing and see himself in the ground. So it was a real roller coaster for the fool in this section.
2: <laughs> you know, the as a person who has also been ill amongst friends while we were doing something else, <laughs> I feel a lot of kinship with the fool. <laughs> Ill, hungover, you
0: know. <laughs> Something. Alcohol
3: poisoning. Mm. <laughs> That's
0: not funny, you guys don't
2: know there No. <laughs> it was it was awful. Um But you know, and the fact that Fitz went into like overprotective like mommy mode. <laughs> like, as soon as he got warm, I was like,
4: Yeah,
1: he he's, he's
2: warm. <laughs> the soul's never warm. We can't go anywhere <laughs> until he's better.
1: And then everyone's just like, calm down, and the fool is like, I can go on. Yeah, it's and fine. Kendrick is like, oh, we going. <laughs> yeah. And then
3: Starling Starling's was just, like, so making so fun warm. of him. And then immediately Fitz and uh, Night Eyes, they like, cuddle up against him.
2: They're like, thank him. <laughs> Starling cool. standing in the corner, like, this is odd. What's going on? Uh-huh. Uh, but did you die? Important events and predictions. Well, they didn't die, but those guards did. Yeah, they did. They did They died.
0: They didn't even see it coming, which, honestly, if I was going to go out, that's how I'd like it to be as well, so.
2: Skill road is dangerous. dangerous. And those poor horses. I
1: know! Oh, God! The horses I mean, they didn't get eaten, so they survived to, you know, wander another day. Could have been worse.
2: (laughs) We can just take the road all the way to wherever it goes. (laughs) Don't fall off the Um, cliff. (laughs)
0: uh,
2: What made you cry? We had some heavy shit get laid down. Yeah. Upsetting.
0: I didn't cry, but the stuff with Starling definitely made my stomach flop, I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. I think
2: the
1: sad moment for me was when they were... Both just like, we're both really broken. Life sucks. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, not that I care about Molly in any way, but like, when. Oh, F- God. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Robin Hub! Stop listening. <laughs> Definitely but, not listening anymore.
1: But okay. I was going to say a nice thing after that. Um, when Vince is worried that, you know, like, when, when Starling is like, oh, are you going to tell her about the wit and the fact that the wolf shares everything? And he's yeah. like, uh, well, I know if I do, she'll probably leave me and then I'll be sad and alone That again. was big but feels. Was just...
3: Yeah. yeah. It's really
2: sad. I mean, on one hand, I really appreciate that Fitz is like being a good friend to Starling by like telling her the truth and like opening up his feelings and just like, you know, being a human being instead of keeping everything inside. Um but yeah but it's also, super like, frustrating that he that doesn't
3: in... ever do that with Molly. Right. Ever.
2: Yeah, but also don't give Starling that information. Yeah, maybe. right? Like, like why are you doing this? She she has not proven that she can keep <laughs> any confidence whatsoever. Fair point. Saying.
1: Especially when it comes to Molly. Yeah. I like that she was like Well, I figured, you know, everyone would want their daughter to be a princess and have nice things. And, like, you know, it's just like, they can't use her the way they use me.
2: Right. But, again, Starling had no idea what the reality of being this bastard royal was actually like. And now she's kind of, she kind of does. Now she knows what she's, what she's done. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um. Joey isn't here. Uh so for Did fit suck, I'm gonna say no. I think he did No, okay. I thought he was pretty
0: pulled together.
2: Yeah. I mean, considering the fact that he was still,
1: you know, around the skill road and, you know, losing his mind, I mean he he didn't completely go off the deep end, so that's successful. He totally pieced together the infection. whole
0: thing in the in the other the fallen city. Yeah, that's like, true. He yeah. was really confident. Yeah, he fights. was a good assassin. Like he did a lot.
2: Yeah. And, and so we entered this section with three unknown places on the map, and we're going out where we've covered two, and we know that we just need to go to this last place, hopefully. <laughs> and in the video game, that means you're getting close to the end. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wait, let me look at the book. Uh, all right, there's still a bunch of book left.
1: <laughs> yes, uh,
2: well, got yeah. two sections to go. Two whole, se- yeah, we have two more episodes to go after this. Is that it? Just two. Yep. Yeah.
1: Oh, shit. I, like, I forget how long it takes them to get to, like, the stuff at the end of this. Post- but that's stuff. how,
0: like, the last <laughs> two books we've seen it be, like, it's it drags true. on and then it's like, bam 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 And so I was assuming it would play out the same. So we... I think you'll get your wish on that. Yeah.
2: Reminder, then, for next reading section, it's going to be chapters 31 through 35 uh ashley sign out you are a new reader
0: i am a new reader (laughs) my name's (laughs) ashley you have to go away i'm a new reader being rejected for the spoiler section (laughs) if you care to learn anything about me you can go to my instagram and see a lot of photos of my cat at ladybird parker
3: i'm eli and you can find me at chewy bread cosplay on instagram i'm jenny you can find me at facespray on instagram
2: and I'm Rachel. You can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter and Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. I don't read any of that anymore; it's boring. Uh, this has been Buckkeep Radio. Find us at Buckkeep Radio on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. You can email us at BuckkeepRadio at Gmail. Next up is spoiler section.
3: So I wrote Is the Stag with the Man's Face Wisdom?
1: Well because King the Wisdom was talking to.
3: We know the we know which one realder is. <laughs> I don't know how we could guess very many other ones because we only know wisdom.
2: I think that is wisdom. I think that is wisdom. And then I we haven't technically met Girl on a Dragon yet. No. She comes in later.
1: Um So when the fool was talking about, you know, like the whites and everything, I guess the whole gender thing just with her intentions confuses me. Like, because I don't feel like the, the white society or whatever is like, they do have, I mean, I guess it's not like super gendered, but they don't, none of the rest of them respond to things in that way. Like, they have, they seem to have relatively clear genders, right? Right, right. And, like, they're obviously breeding them, so that's a thing.
3: So, on this read-through, I'm thinking that maybe it's just, but maybe, it's I don't know, it's because it's written so far back. I don't know. I was thinking this time that maybe the fool is just a, just non-binary, and it doesn't really matter what they were born in, right? Um, but before I, I don't know. For some reason, I was like imagining like. Uh,
2: so, so there are other books that we have. Oh read. shoot! Yeah, right. that's true. That's true. That. That do a little bit more work okay. to widen this kind of this gap that we are identifying yeah. um,
3: so I'm about to say all something I'm stupid, say about that. okay, cool.
2: Well, I just don't want you to say like there are no other gay characters or you know because that's not technically true.
1: Okay, there are no other gay characters in this particular trilogy. <laughs> That we know yes. of, currently. Yes. Yes.
3: <laughs> yes. I don't know. I was just thinking it was like a, like he's, he's a vase, so he doesn't really, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to talk about identify it. Identify yeah. either. He doesn't want to identify as either. Particularly. It's
1: just, it's such a strange thing because like, well, I mean, Fitz brings it up in his little, you know, intro things you know, way, way, way back at the beginning in the first book. And then Starling just decides that the fool is a woman, which is seemingly insane. But then, <laughs> as, as As Ashley agreed. Because um, it comes out of nowhere. Um, and then... I mean, obviously, I mean, I haven't read the Live Ship books, but obviously I know that The Fool is Amber at some point. So, like, mm-hmm. it is a thing. It's just confusing.
2: And it's only because of Amber that I don't say that The Fool's gay. I think that The Fool is gender fluid. Well, there's right. there
3: is a um, there's a line in, I believe, the next trilogy. Wait, or is, is the next trilogy Live Ship's? Or is the next... Technically. Yeah. Okay, Technically. so in the Tawny Man trilogy, I Fist believe, the there is uh, a line where he doesn't want Fitz to see him naked.
4: Right. So yeah. that
3: puts more confusion to it. Um, and I believe that is what uh, my in my first read-through, I was thinking, like, oh, maybe he's just something entirely different because he's a different species. Maybe it's just not... You know, maybe it's not on the charts somewhere. I mean,
1: you could you could take that as more of a non-binary thing, where it's like I just don't want you to obsess over yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. thing, and I'm not comfortable with that. Whereas Fitz just fixates on it, like, oh, what is down there? It's like stop, it's creepy. But I just I think
2: it's interesting that in all other respects, Fitz takes it for granted that the fool tells him the truth all the time. When he asks him his opinion, when he asks for details, when he asks him any questions, the fool is like, "I always will tell you the truth." But when he asks him about these particular things, and the fool says, "I love you," it doesn't matter. It's right, just plumbing, right, whatever. Right. Who cares? He's like, he's like, oh, you're 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 trying to like be abusive, yeah. And it's like, no, he's literally telling you the truth,
1: right? Like, it doesn't matter to him. That's not the point. Yeah. yeah. I mean I always kind of wondered if the fool was like asexual anyway.
2: Yeah. And and it seems and it seems like out of all of the characters the fool is the most constant. How so? Well he has his he has his family that he loved when he was a child. Right. And we know um that he had siblings at one point because doesn't he put doesn't he think about his family and his, in particular a sibling um, when he's putting his memories into Girl and a Dragon? Um, we'll find out soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in terms of like romantic love or like any kind of like epic non-familial love, it seems like it fits. And then like later on B, but B rejects him just like flat out. Which is sad. And that's really familial, I guess, technically. Um, whereas everyone else is like... I mean, Molly has a good... Molly is loved by two good men. She has, like, two whole families. <laughs> it's great.
3: It's interesting that you would say that the fool is the most constant. Because on the surface, it doesn't seem that way. Just because he's, he's changing in stages physically. um, But... But, I mean, what you're saying makes sense.
2: I mean, his constant is Fitz. His constant is Fitz. And you found something on Tumblr. I forget what episode that we talked about this in Jenny. But in the spoiler section, you found something on Tumblr that talks about, like, how the fool expresses everything with words. And Fitz expresses everything with action. And that is why they're constantly, like, circling each other.
1: Right, because Fitz doesn't understand... I think it was that, like, he doesn't understand the fool just, like, saying, I love you. Like, it it has, he's, he feels rejected in other ways by the fool's actions. And the fool doesn't understand all of Fitz's actions that show that he loves the fool. He needs to hear him say it, I think, was sort of the gist of it.
2: Right. But even if, even if in this converse, this particular conversation, when Fitz says, you know that I love you. Clearly, at at least Fitz does not mean this romantically. We, I, I mean, the fool means it all encompassingly. But you know, there are there are some caveats on what what Fitz is saying. But at least he's saying it, and he's saying it in front of people. And that, to me, is like a really strong masculine character. He's not he's not ashamed to feel any of those emotions I
1: mean I think he, that's the interesting thing about Fitz is like he does have his very like you know no homo moments with with the fool like throughout this series but at the same time like he's always been someone who is able to you know show his emotions and he's yeah. not that toxic masculinity kind of this, stereotype yeah, this wasn't all. a
3: private moment this was like in the middle of the company kind of thing
2: yeah Yeah. And, and, you know, whenever he keeps things inside and he keeps things private or secret, it's not necessarily because he's ashamed of those feelings. It's because he's been ordered to, because he's trying to keep someone safe. Right. But, but be, but having shame for, for feeling emotions is not one of his characteristics, which is just refreshing and wonderful. And Mm -hmm. one of the reasons I like Fitz.
1: You hear that random uh, comment? <laughs> we do like bits.
2: <laughs> we do like bits. Anything else you guys want to cover before I end us? I have to cut no, a lot because we're long. Okay. Hey. Oh, bye, kitty. <laughs> All right. Well, I will talk to you guys later. Then, bye. Bye. bye.